0: Good morning and welcome. We're glad that you're here today. We're so thankful that you've chosen to come and to worship with us. We always want to make you feel welcome. If you're a visitor, we encourage you to come back and be with us at every opportunity that you have. As always, we invite those of you that might be looking for a church home to consider the work here. We'd love to have you come and be a part of our family. I want to ask you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. In Matthew chapter 25, we want to look specifically today at verses 31 through 40. We're going to be talking today about the theme, Blessed to be a blessing to others. Again, Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 40. I want to begin today by simply saying that as a Christian, we have been immensely blessed. It would be difficult for us to measure the blessings that we enjoy as God's people to know that we belong to God and that we enjoy all of his blessings and favors there's a tremendous story found in the book of Mark in chapter 5 in which Jesus as he did on many occasions had the opportunity to help someone in need There was an individual that was demon-possessed. He identified himself to Jesus as legion. After Jesus cast out the demons, this man begged the Lord to be with him. He wanted to stay with him. And Jesus, in Mark chapter 5 and about verse 19, made an interesting statement. He said, Go home and tell your friends what great things the Lord has done for you. And how He has had compassion on you. When I think about that account, I can't help but think of how we have been blessed as God's people. How He has blessed us in so many, many ways. And really the bottom line is, we have been blessed to be a blessing to others. In Matthew chapter 25 in verses 31 and following, Jesus here pictures the judgment. And what He talks about, is something that's relevant to all of us because he discusses in this narrative how the people that inherit heaven, they were people that had been blessed. And because they had been blessed, they had chosen to be a blessing in the lives of others. So I want us to begin by first of all thinking about our relationship to the Lord. Note with me if you would, beginning in verse 31. Jesus said when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory, and all the nations will be gathered before Him. He will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And He will set the sheep on His right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the King will say to those on His right hand, Come, you blessed of my Father. Let me just pause here think about how rich you are in christ in ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 paul said that we enjoy every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in christ what paul is saying is we have been made rich because of what christ has done for us blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. If you are a Christian, you might not have a lot economically, but I can promise you you're rich, rich in a number of ways. Think for a minute or two about how we have been redeemed by God. The Bible tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ redeemed us by His blood. In Ephesians 1, 7, Paul said, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. Think about it. As a child of God, as somebody who has been redeemed, you've been forgiven. All of your sins have been washed away. When you obeyed the gospel, whatever had stood between you and the Lord, removed. That barrier to fellowship, gone. You enjoy... The blessings of forgiveness and the assurance is as long as you walk in the light, as long as we walk in the light, the cleansing blood of Jesus constantly is working on our behalf. So we've been forgiven. Not only have we been forgiven by the Lord, but we are the family of the Lord. Many of us are grateful for our family tree. And those of us that think about our relatives, our family members and what they mean to us and how they are a treasure in our lives, we're grateful for that. But as a child of God, we are a part of God's family. In 1 John chapter 3, John said, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God. If you're a Christian, you're a part of God's family. You are a part, as Paul would say in Ephesians two nineteen. you are a part of the household of God, the family of God. As a matter of fact, Paul would say in Romans chapter 8, verse 17, that you are an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. So you're rich. It may be the case that we don't live like we're rich. We don't think we're rich, but we're rich. Why? Because we've been redeemed. Because we've been forgiven by the Lord, because we're the family of the Lord. And then thirdly, we're free in the Lord. Sin enslaves people. And yet Jesus said, if the Son makes you free, you're free indeed. To know that we live in a state wherein there is no condemnation. That's what Paul said in Romans chapter 8. We have been freed from the bondage, the tyranny of sin. It no longer holds a sway in our life but rather we're living for God. We've been redeemed by God. And then there's another thing. We are reconciled to God. To know that that breach that had formerly existed has now been closed. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12, Paul said that those who are outside a covenant relationship with God, they're without hope, without God in the world. But he said, Now in Christ Jesus you who once were far off are made near by the blood of Christ. So on the one hand, those who are outside of Christ, they're alienated, they're separated from God. But in Christ, that breach has been closed. We belong to the body of Christ. We are a part of the ecclesia, the community of the saved. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 16, Paul said that Jesus reconciled both Jew and Gentile in one body under God through the cross. So you're a part of the church, the institution that God in the long ago decreed to set up. As a matter of fact, the church is a part of God's eternal plan, Ephesians 3, 9 through 11. And there are a lot of great organizations and institutions that you might belong to in this world, but none greater than to be a part of the body of Christ, the church of Christ, the church of the living God. So our relationship To God, First and foremost, we think about that relationship that we sustain with the Lord. But then there's a second thing I want to call attention to, and that is how we are to reach out on behalf of the Lord. There are a couple of things here. First, what Jesus says is that those of us who have been blessed, we are to be a blessing to others. Well, how so? Well, first of all, we're benevolent. You see, as a child of God, our focus is outward in nature. We're concerned about the needs of other people, the plight of other people. At the core of Christianity is a life of servanthood. Jesus came to to serve, didn't He? As a servant, Jesus expects us to serve the needs of other people. So listen to what He said, beginning in verse 35. I was hungry... And you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, and as much as you did it to one of these least of my brethren, you did it to me. Note, if you would, how the saints that Jesus is talking about here engaged in meeting the needs of other people. There's an interesting passage of scripture found in the book of Galatians in chapter 6. And there Paul said, Let us as we have opportunity. Do good unto all men, especially those who are the household of faith. So that means if somebody, is, if somebody is hungry, what do we do? We try to feed them. If they're thirsty, we give them something to drink. If they don't have a place to live, we try to provide housing for them. If they don't have clothing, we try to provide something for them to wear. To those who are sick and those who are imprisoned, we try to visit them. Why is that? because that's what the Lord did. You see, the Lord wants us to be servants of other people. He wants us to serve one another. How do we do that? Well, one way is through benevolence. And then there is a second way that we reach out to others. The first word we think about is benevolence. The second word is broadcasting. Did you know that we have the opportunity to share the gospel with people? Now, if you look at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 25, when he talks about those who were hungry and thirsty and strangers and naked and those who were imprisoned and those who were sick and the fact that saints ministered to them, is it not the case that there are people not just in this community but all around us that would meet the criterion that's set forth here? They have physical needs, but we can use those physical needs to help meet their spiritual needs. Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go back again and think about what Jesus said to that man in Mark chapter 5 who identified himself as legion. Here was a guy that had been changed dramatically. His his life's or rather his life circumstances were altered immensely. And because the Lord had done such great things in his life, what did he want him to do? Tell other people about it. Now you think about how the Lord has blessed your life. Think about where you were and where you are today. Some of us have come from rogue past. Many of us, we understand what it's like to live in the world, to live a life of sin, to be estranged from God. And then you think about what Christ has done in your life and how He's blessed you. And all these great blessings that you enjoy, why would you want to keep them to yourself? You think about there's a world of people lost and dying in sin, And yet, because you have been transformed, you can help transform the lives of other people, can't you? How do you do that? By sharing the gospel with them. We talk about being evangelistic. So we can be evangelistic in nature. That is, we can share the gospel with people. And then we can help to edify those who are in Christ. You see, Jesus said in Matthew 28, verse 20, that we are to teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. In other words... We take people who are in Christ. Once they become a Christian, we don't just forget about them. But rather we try to train, to teach, to mentor, to nurture them, to help grow them in Christ. Because if people don't grow in Christ, then they become victims of the world once again. So we have the opportunity to share the gospel. You think about how God, think about how God has blessed you. And think about how radically different your life is today because of what Christ has done for you. It might be that there's somebody in your family. It might be a neighbor, a coworker, a classmate, whomever. There's somebody who's struggling, who's lost in sin, and you can make a difference in their life. You can be that conduit, so to speak, to lead them to Christ. And then... There's a third thing, a third key, and that is we are to be burden bearers. We talk about being benevolent and broadcasting the gospel, but we are also identified by Scripture as burden bearers. Did you know that we have the opportunity, because we're Christians, we can pray with and for people who are struggling you know somebody that's struggling? Do you know somebody that's weak and hurting? Do you know somebody that's grieving? Do you know somebody that has difficulty getting out of bed every day because they're in the throes of depression, discouragement, whatever? Did you know you can pray for that person? You can pray with that person. One of the great blessings that we enjoy in life is prayer. Paul said, pray without ceasing. The Bible says, The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and His ears are open to their prayers. In James 5, 16, James said, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. When you go to God on behalf of someone else, God hears that prayer. When you go before the throne of God and you're praying for somebody who's struggling, somebody who's weak and hurting, the Lord hears that prayer. And the Lord, through His providence, can work in the life of that individual. When Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica, and sometimes we think about those who were apostles. Those twelve individuals, well really, Paul was the last of the apostles. But you think about the lives of those men that had the opportunity to see firsthand the great miracles that Jesus performed. They heard him preach time and again. And you think about how revolutionary that was in their lives. And Many times we look at those people and we think, you know what, they're spiritual giants. They were spiritual giants. They had their flaws, they had their problems, but they were great men. And yet even great people, even spiritual giants need people praying for them. Because when Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 25, here's what he said, Brethren, pray for us. Here's an inspired apostle, and he's asking these people to pray for him. So just because we might think somebody is a spiritual giant doesn't mean that we can't pray with them and for them. So, we are burden bearers. We have the opportunity to pray with and for struggling saints. There's a second thing, and that is we have the opportunity to prop up struggling saints. In Galatians chapter 6 at verse 2, Paul had said, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. In Hebrews chapter 12, in verse 12, the writer there encourages the saints in the first century to hold up the hands of those who were hanging down. You remember in Exodus chapter 17, the children of Israel were battling the Amalekites and Joshua was leading the way. And Moses had his hands up in the air. As long as his hands were up, what happened? The children of Israel were victorious. But when his hands fell, what happened? Not so victorious. So two men stood at his side, Aaron and her. and they held up his hands. They propped him up. It might be the case that there's somebody today who's struggling, and you can help prop them up. You can help them. You can, you can be a blessing in the life of somebody. We've been blessed. And all all the Lord's saying is, look, you've been blessed to be a blessing. Now there's a third thing I want you to see in our study. And that is the reward from the Lord. Now go back with me and look at verse 31 again. In verse 31, Jesus pictures His revelation from heaven. In other words, the Lord is one day coming again. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with Him... Then He will sit on the throne of His glory. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when the Lord comes? When Jesus comes from heaven and all of His holy angels accompanying Him, Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 that the Lord will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God. One day we're going to hear the voice of the archangel, We'll hear that trumpet sound and we'll see the Lord coming and all of His holy angels accompanying Him. And He's going to be seated on the throne of His glory. And He said all the nations will be gathered before Him. That means those who lived in ancient Assyria, they'll be there. Those who were from the Egyptian Egyptian dynasty, they'll be there. The Babylonian Empire, they'll be there. The Medes and the Persians, they'll be there. The Grecians, they'll be there. The Romans will be there. And guess what? We'll be there. He said, all the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he'll set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. And we're talking about the sheep, those who will find themselves on the right hand of the Lord. And when he comes in that great and final day, the Bible says the king will then say to those on his right hand, imagine you're standing before the throne of God. The Lord has descended from heaven. And we're all standing before that throne. We've been blessed immensely. And because we've been blessed, we've sought to the best of our ability to be a blessing in the lives of others. And so now, it's time for that reward. We read a lot about the blessings and the benefits of being a Christian, of the reward that we have waiting. And what Jesus is saying here is, it's time to give you your inheritance. So here's what he says. Come, you blessed of my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. In John chapter 14, Jesus made a promise. That promise was made nearly 2,000 years ago, but you know what? It's still a promise intact. This promise that was made by God Almighty in the long ago, He will fulfill it. And so He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, he said, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And he said, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So here's what he said. That day has come. Come, you blessed of my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. One day God is coming And he's going to bequeath on you the crown of life. Peter said that we have an inheritance. That is, as a child of God, we have an inheritance. It is undefiled. It is incorruptible. He said it fades not away. And here's what he said. It's reserved in heaven for you. If you've made reservations, that reservation will be honored by the king. So look at verse 46. In verse 46, he talks about those who weren't a blessing in the lives of people. And he said, they will go away into everlasting punishment. But listen to what he says about the righteous. But the righteous into eternal life. When you serve in the name of Jesus, you're a blessing to other people. The Hebrew writer said in Hebrews chapter 6 that God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love in that you ministered to the saints and do minister. Think with me for just a moment about people in your life that have been a blessing to you. All of us can probably think of multiple people that have richly blessed our lives. Some were a blessing to us many, many years ago, others a blessing even today. You can be a blessing in the life of someone. You can be a blessing in the lives of many people if you'll do so. It's a wonderful thing to be a Christian. A lot of blessings and a lot of benefits. And Sometimes, sadly, we have, the greatest, we have the greatest message in the world. The problem is we don't share it enough. We don't extend help to others like we should at times. And so in closing, I simply say, look, you've been blessed. Go and be a blessing to somebody else. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, I want to encourage you to come to Christ. The Bible says, except you believe that I am He, you'll die in your sins, John 8 24. If you would be willing to put your faith in the Lord, repent of your sins, and be baptized into Christ as they did on Pentecost Day, as instructed by Peter, recorded by Luke in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, all of your sins will be forgiven. God will put you in the church. And you can serve Him faithfully until death. And the promise is the crown of life, Revelation 2.10. If, if you're here today and your life's not what it ought to be, look. I said a minute ago, we're family. And because we're family, we can lean on one another. We can pray for one another. And we'd be happy to pray with you and for you today. The Bible says, confess your faults one to another, pray one for another. We'd be happy to do that for you this hour as we stand and sing.